You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast presented by Boot Crew Media. And as always, it's a hectic time for the Saints. You know, it just seems like you could never have a full week of back-to-back friendly podcasts where it's all encouraging and all positive, but it's just a just the way the season has gone. So the Saints beat the Buccaneers Sunday. We're all feeling pretty good about that 9 nothing win, albeit it was a little ugly. And then what happens this week? The Saints just get absolutely bombarded by COVID. Now, before I go into all that, let's just be pretty clear about it. The Saints aren't the only team getting bombarded by COVID right now. Obviously, with new variant out, it's just going and ravaging around the league. And the Saints, unfortunately, are one of those teams that does get hit. So Let's kind of get into it. Obviously, if you guys want to tune in and then join the live stream, you can uh, via YouTube. Just go through the link and then you can leave your comments and I'll pull them up on the screen as always. So let's just jump right into it. Earlier this week, we find out that Adam Troutman and Juwan Johnson get placed on the COVID list. And that was obviously not ideal. It leaves you with Nick Vanette. That kind of puts all the pressure on one tight end. And that's you under the assumption that Nick Vanette doesn't end up getting it later this week. Then it gets worse. You find out this morning that Trevor Simeon, tested positive and he's going to go on the COVID list and then the buck doesn't stop there in the afternoon we find out that Taysom Hill also tested positive he goes on the COVID-19 list with Trevor Simeon with Juwan Johnson Adam Trauman and a plethora of names uh Nick Underhill put out the full list earlier this week uh, earlier today James Carpenter Caden Ellis Jeff Heath Jalen Holmes Malcolm Jenkins that's another big loss there Jordan Mills and Christian Ringo the list is packed right now and what does this mean it means that Ian Book is on track to start Monday Night Football against the Miami Dolphins. And there's two sides to the story. There's the one side that's a little bit excited to see Ian Book and what he can do. The other side petrified because this is a horrible situation for the Saints. I'll obviously tackle both, but there's just no avoiding it. This is one of the crazier situations I've seen kind of unfold for the Saints. But I get it. It's a weird year. I should expect it at this point. So let's get into the, the part that I don't like, and then I'll finish it off with the positive. The negative part here is these are really rough circumstances for rookie quarterback. And I should add, obviously, this is under the event, you know, in the event that Ian Book does not test positive. So if he continues to test negative, he will start Monday. The circumstances here are brutal in the sense that you're down two of your tight ends, your offensive tackles still haven't practiced. You have no wide receivers. Now, the no wide receivers, that's your GM and your coach's fault. That's not an injury or COVID situation. You had no wide receivers when this season started. So I guess that's kind of been a mainstay for this team. But no wide receivers, no offensive tackles, no tight ends. What do you have? You have Alvin Kamara. You have Mark Ingram. I guess you can say you have Marquez Galloway and Trey Quan Smith, albeit that's not like exactly great weapons there, but at least you have them. That's tough. And then you look on the opposing sideline. You have a Miami Dolphins team that a couple of months ago, you're looking at this game and you're thinking, oh, it's a walk in the park. One and seven, they look bad. Fast forward two months later. They're 7-7 seven and seven on a six-game winning streak, the second longest winning streak in the NFL. First winning streak belongs to the Chiefs. They look better. They look a little bit more aggressive on defense. They're, they're forcing turnovers. Now I know people are going to say they face the Jets or they face the Texans, and you're not wrong. Their schedule has been kind of weak over the last couple of months, but you can only play who you can play, and you still got to win the games, and I give the Dolphins credit. So that's the negative part. On the other hand, I'm excited to see what Ian Book can do I know when the pick first happened, I was a bit confused as to why the Saints used a fourth-round pick on Ian Book because I never saw him as an NFL quarterback, but that doesn't mean he isn't one. And obviously, the Saints know more than I do. I'm not that dumb. I've accepted that. 
there is that kind of unknown part that makes it exciting. Like what if Ian book comes out and he looks pretty sharp and the offense is on time and on rhythm, that would be really fascinating. And there is also the other part of getting closure as to what can Ian book be? Can he be a lifetime backup or can he be more than that? Can he be a starter? I'm not saying one start against the Miami dolphins will answer that question for you, but it would be a nice little way of kind of opening up the box and seeing what we got there. And that would be really interesting for me. And, and again, I know Sean Payton likes him. I know the coaching staff is confident in him. And I know this coaching staff has gone through so much that I don't think this is the doomsday scenario for them where they've overcome adversity week after week after week. They'll probably find some weird way to do it again. But there is that exciting unknown to Ian Book. I, I like his mobility. I like his competitiveness. I do like that he was a winner at Notre Dame, but just because you were a winner in college doesn't always translate to the pros. So that's a hard one to kind of pull up. But you listen to, to Pete Carmichael today talk about Ian Book. He said he's been real sharp in meetings. They've been impressed with what he's been on the doing on the field, and they said they're really confident in him as a player. Take with that what you might and talk about it, but I, I'm very – I will say I'm mixed on this. I wish the circumstances were better for Ian Book's first start, but can this offense look worse than it did on Sunday? I think that that is when you're looking at this and you're trying to be fair. Yes, there are negatives to this situation. But can this offense look worse than the one that put up nine points on Sunday? I, I would hope to God it can't, and I don't think it can. Like, yes, there could be worse, but th the odds, uh, I, just, I just can't see it. Hopefully, Ian Book doesn't test positive before Monday's games. Not sure what our options would be at emergency QB. Uh, that, that's a great point, Alex. And yeah, look, I mean, for this point, there's two things. If Ian Book can't play, all of a sudden you're thinking about maybe Kamara's the emergency quarterback, but I would imagine the Saints sign a quarterback or two in the coming days because you need that outlet. If Ian Book does test positive, you're going to need an actual quarterback back there, especially because there is still something to play for. And that's actually the irony of this Saints season. It's always one step forward, two steps back. Some of it their own fault, some of it out of their control. For example, some of it is their fault when – you take that step forward and you beat the Patriots, but then you lose to the Giants. That's your fault. Some of it isn't your fault when you beat the Bucs and you're riding high, but you did lose James Winston for the year. That's out of your control. This situation, it kind of is out of your control. I mean, with the way this thing is going on, every team's dealing with it. So it, it really is something that I'll have to see. How would your expectations for winning this game change now that book is starting? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually was going to address it later. I'll address it both now and later. In terms of my expectations for winning this game, I think a lot of it comes down to what does the COVID list as a whole look like? And the reason I say that is, I think if you're telling me I'm swapping Taysom with Ian Book, I actually don't know how much different the offense looks because it's not like this offense has been dominant at any point this season. They've had dominant stretches the week against Green Bay. They looked pretty dominant in time possession. I would say against the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, they looked kind of solid the first time around. But that's kind of it. Like, even the Jets game, they scored 30 points. How many of them came in the fourth quarter? I believe it was like 17. So I think for the Saints, I don't think my expectations of them winning this game would change drastically by just swapping out Taysom and Ian Book. I don't, because I think Ian Book is mobile. I think Ian Book, the Saints can do a lot of short yardage things with him to make sure that they're not pushing his boundaries while also making sure they stay on page, no third and longs, no second and longs. I think they could do that. The question, I guess, and again, I know this is unfair. I'm leaving myself a cop out here for the answer, is what does the rest of the COVID list look like? If it doesn't change from what it is right now, I think the Saints have enough to beat the Miami Dolphins. I truly feel that way. 
if it does change and I don't know, Marcus Davenport's out and you, you look around and Kamara's out, you know, these big name players, then obviously everything changes and my expectations are very low. But right now, I, I still think they have enough to beat the Dolphins. It is a hard situation. You just lost nine to 10 players because of COVID, but I still think they could get around it. So that would be the way I would answer that question. But I think for Ian Book, there is a, there are a couple pros to his game. I like that he's mobile. I like that he's really tough. I think he actually has pretty good footwork for a young player. I always think young quarterbacks, their footwork aren't, you know, it's not really exceptional. I would say his is a little bit more developed than other young quarterbacks I've seen coming out of college. Now, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. He's not going to wow you, but he has to do the little things right. And if you do the little things right, then the Saints offense can stay on page. Um, you got to avoid penalties. You got to avoid drops. There were some key drops in Tampa Bay game. But take what the defense gives you. I think I talked about this after the Buccaneers game. The thing that really bothered me about Taysom Hill was the the missed reads. I know Tampa Bay's defense is talented, and I know that was an ugly fist fight type of game. But you have your fullback open on a on a wheel route. You have Alvin Kamara open on the on the middle. You either missed a read or you completely missed your target. Some of it's just bad vision. The other part's probably that mallet finger injury. So again, how much does this offense change? My answer right now is no, but I, I don't think it changes that much, but I guess we'll see on Monday night. So let's get into this game and let's kind of talk about it. Miami, Miami's kind of in a good spot health-wise and, and both schedule-wise. Obviously, things are opening up for this team, especially after starting off one and seven. It doesn't mean, though, that they're just going to waltz in and win this game because I think the Saints have shown throughout the season that they don't really do that. I, I think the Bills game was the one where it just seemed like they had nothing in the tank. And part of that was... Look at the quarterback situation with Simeon playing terrible and you didn't have Taysom Hill and all that. And I just felt like they were out of gas. The other part was they were also banged up. No Camara, no Davenport. They were missing guys. As of now, it seems like they'll still miss Armstead. They'll still miss uh, Ramchek. And those would be huge absences for the Saints for many reasons. One, your ground game. Two, protecting your rookie quarterback. And three, just from a talent level. Like, I think that's an important thing. When you talk about teams potentially getting into the playoffs and can they make noise in that first round, if the Saints were close to full strength, there aren't that many teams more talented than them. Like Their receiver issue is a problem, and that's where the talent avoid really stands out. But if the Saints were healthy everywhere else, offensive line, check. Running backs, check. Defensive backs, check. Linebackers, check. Defensive line, check. Like They would have a lot of the pieces that you would need to be a competitive football team. So having Armstead and Ram check in this game would be huge. Right now, it doesn't seem like they're going to play. They missed practice. To be fair, it was an estimation. It wasn't an actual practice because the Saints have an outbreak right now, so they're doing a lot of virtual stuff. So we'll know more about Armstead and Ramchek later this week. That being said, if they miss this game, that's going to have a huge factor. What do I think a lot of this game comes down to? Because that's kind of how you know how anything really gets decided in most games is a turnover battle and who's winning the phases. As much as we wanted to rip the Saints for their offense Sunday, and it was such a bad offensive performance, the Saints were dominant in two out of three phases. They were dominant on the defensive side of the ball, and we all knew that with the way they pressured Brady, forcing turnovers, gave him no time to be comfortable. That was key. But special teams was huge, too. I thought Brett Maher, Blake Gillikin, and JT Gray, I tipped my cap to them. I thought they were outstanding, especially Brett Maher. Like, we've gotten to the point where I expect Blake Gillikin to be great. I expect JT Gray to always be a good player. When you get your field goal kicker, to make all three field goals and, and your place kickers just being consistent, you really can't ask for more than that. Now, none of the kicks he hit were, were necessarily deep. 
Uh, I believe one was in the 40-yard range. But he still made them, and that's all that matters. Are three points going up on the board? The answer is yes. So that's good for the Saints. So they're going to need to play well on special teams again. Being in the Dome, in theory, should help. Controlled environment, don't worry about the wins. But again, who the hell knows with the way this season's gone? So they got to be good on special teams. They need to win the turnover battle. We talked about how bad the offense was on Sunday, and they were terrible. The last two weeks, though, it's worth noting the offense isn't coughing up the football. They can't do that against the Dolphins. That means if Alvin's good, he's got to be efficient. He's got to be careful with the football. If Ian Book starts, he's got to be careful with the football. And I'd imagine the Saints are going to give him a situation where the ability to have a turnover-prone play is not going to be that high. I think that's one thing that the Saints do really, really well is they play to your talent level. The Saints aren't going to make you something you're not, and they're not going to put you in a situation they don't think you can thrive in. So if Ian Book is starting Monday, you're going to see screen passes, short routes, quick hitters, things to get him in rhythm. And if you could get the run game going, then let's open up the play-action pass, which if you go to Notre Dame's film, I thought Ian Book did a really good job with that. I actually think that's one of his strong suits. So running the football well, staying on rhythm, playing clean football will open up those opportunities for Ian Book to maybe have a couple of splash plays. And by God, we know this offense needs splash plays right now. So that's another key. And I think the other one's the defensive line. And we saw it Sunday in a different way, in a different way than I think we've seen this whole season. Like there have been flashes where Davenport looks great. There were flashes early in the year where Peyton Turner looked good. Obviously, he's been hurt the last couple of weeks. He hasn't done anything. Sunday, we got flashes from Anya Mata and Cam Jordan, two guys who I actually think have been underwhelming this year. And I think what the Saints did was they changed it up. Cam Jordan was on the same side as Davenport. Cam Jordan had the ability to go attack offensive guards as opposed to offensive linemen. When you do that, that's interesting because now you're adding a new wrinkle that coaching staffs quickly have to prepare for. And the, the Dolphins, excuse me, only have a week to kind of get used to what the Saints did against the Bucs. And the Saints could add even more wrinkles to that, and that could open up your defensive line and your pass rush. And I think for the Saints, if you're going to beat the Dolphins, you're going to need to get pressure on Tua. You're going to need to force Tua to make some mistakes. And I know the Dolphins beat the Jets last week, and that's not really a shocker. You watch that game, you expect the Dolphins to beat the Jets. But what I saw from that game, the Jets put Tua in a spot where he felt like he was going to make mistakes. And he had two interceptions, one of them being a pick six, and the second one was a costly pick. It got the Jets back in the game. They tied it 24-24. Now they went on to lose it because, of course, they're the Jets, but they still put him in spots where he felt not comfortable and he felt like he could make a mistake. And I think the Saints have the the talent up front, at least right now. Obviously, that could change because of this whole COVID situation is just so unpredictable. But as of now, with Davenport, with Cam Jordan, with Anya Mata, with Carl Granderson, they have the pieces to get after Tua and to make Tua uncomfortable. And if they can make Tua uncomfortable, I think there's no reason why your DBs, even without Malcolm Jenkins, can't play well against Miami's receiving corps. Like, I, I like what Miami's doing offensively lately. I think they've kind of taken that step and they've become a more consistent team. And Devontae Parker's a good receiver. Obviously, we know Jalen Waddle's a good player. Those are the guys that the Saints are going to have to factor in. But I think the one that could have the big game, and I'm very fascinated to see how the Saints are going to address this because Malcolm Jenkins on the COVID list, is Mike Gusecki. Such a good tight end. Such a consistent performer. The Saints have been actually somewhat steady against tight ends. You saw last week they neutralized Gronk. That's a Malcolm Jenkins thing. I don't know. I would match up against Mike. Mike's a little bit faster because he's a younger player, 
but I'm fascinated to see what they do there. I really am. I feel like Lattimore, if he's ready to go, he can take Devontae Parker out of this game. He's a shift. He's not a shifty guy. He's a physical guy. And I think for Marshawn, the guys with those quick twitches, they have quick hips. Those are the ones that give him problems. I don't think Devontae Parker would necessarily give him problems. Now, Jalen Waddle, how do you count for his speed? That's a Marcus Williams thing. You're going to need Marcus Williams to play well. And I would imagine as long as he's healthy, he will. I feel like, again, you got three weeks left in the regular season. He's playing for a big paycheck, and he deserves one. So I think Mike Gusecki, how do you play against him? Miami's running attack, it was great against the Jets, but everyone's running over the Jets right now. And I feel like for the Saints, they are showing you just can't run on them. And outside of the Eagles, and I don't know, it's something about the Eagles' RPO scheme that they have. Teams have struggled against running against the Saints. The Eagles are the only one who can continue to crack the code. And luckily for the Saints, they're not seeing them this the rest of the season. So how do you get pressure on Tua? That is paramount. If you can do that, I think you could get Tua into some mistakes. You're going to need two of them. Yeah, I know. I should probably just kick myself for that one. No, but seriously, you need to force mistakes. You need to stop the run, and I think they'll be able to do that. It's not something that really concerns me. How do you account for Mike Kosecki and Jalen Waddell? Those are the guys for me that I think are fascinating playmakers. And I'll kind of decide it. Like, I think for the Saints, you've accepted what you're not. You're not an offensive team. You weren't one at any point this year. You've had a couple of nice offensive games, but you've never been able to consistently have good offensive performances. You're a really good defensive team that has to play grinded out football, and it's not pleasing on the eyes. And you got to sit there and, and just bite your nails till the, the clock's at triple zeros. But that's the formula. So, yes, Taysom Hill's not going to play. And that sucks. But how much does it change as long as the COVID list stays the same? I don't think that much. I think this team has enough firepower to beat the Dolphins. That doesn't mean they will. And truthfully speaking, before yesterday, I was going to pick the Saints. As of today, I am leaning Dolphins. That doesn't mean, though, that I believe the Dolphins will win. It just means right now, with the way the Saints roster is looking, there's a lot of uncertainty, and that scares me. But if nothing changes, guys, there's no reason why this team can't beat the Dolphins. They'll be at home for the first time in what feels like a while. They got over that two-game that two-game stand, two-game road trip, won both games, which is great. You have the blackout for the crowd, which is going to be awesome. I think that's a great idea for the Saints. Sean Payton should be back. You'd imagine that lifts up the energy of certain players. And you know what's at stake. You lose this game, you're going to need to win the last two games. You're going to need some help to make the playoffs. And even then, I, I just don't know if that's enough. You feel like if you win your last three, you put yourself in a position to make the playoffs. And you know what's at stake. So motivation will be there. The crowd's going to be there. And again, I, I'm going to keep saying it. The Saints will not put someone in a situation they don't believe they can handle. So yes, Ian Book, man, this is not the circumstance you want. But as long as Sean Payton's calling plays, I'd imagine he's going to protect his rookie quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback who he said reminds him of himself. That's all I kind of need to know. So I'm really fascinated to see how this game goes down. I think there's so many layers to it. The number one thing is obviously health. This COVID situation can go even worse than it is right now. The Saints could stop it in its tracks. And if they do that, that would be excellent for them because they're limiting the amount of playmakers they're going to lose for this game. But obviously, that will play a factor. So health is a key. Getting pressure on Tua Tungo-Vailoa is absolutely going to be a key. And can you have a clean game from Ian Book? Those are all factors to watch. Alvin needs to step up. Davenport needs to step up. Lattimore needs to step up. Your stars are going to have to play big games 
especially because you're going to be losing some of that depth. It's going to be fascinating to see how it goes. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you for tuning in. I'm going to keep it a little bit short for this one, but I'll have more content in the near future. For those celebrating Christmas this weekend, I hope you have a very happy holiday and stay safe during this time. Hope you guys enjoy your Christmas. I'll be back with more content on the Straight Up Saints podcast after the Saints-Dolphins game. Hopefully it ends up in a win. Who the hell knows how this season's going to go, though? It's been a little bit crazy, but I'll be here to cover it. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Enjoy your upcoming weekend. Have a very Merry Christmas for all you guys there. I'll be on Twitter if you guys want to interact. We'll talk Saints. You guys know I love to, but that's going to do it for this one, guys. I appreciate all the love. Appreciate all the support. I'll be back next week to talk more Saints here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.